Hi, welcome to Two Truths and a Dirty Lie. That's Two Truths and a Dirty Lie. A podcast about facts, figures, and weird things from the past. I'm your host, Dez. And I'm your co-host, Timmy Tayo, TMT. TMT, if you nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Each week, I hit Tim Tayo with three quote-unquote facts. And he has to figure out what is true and what is the dirty lie what has actually happened in history um just a quick reminder to all our listeners please remember to subscribe and leave a review and share this podcast with your friends today is an exciting day for me because sorry just before you go on also you can share it with your enemies because we might talk about their families in history <laughs> just in a historical context also today we're talking about people beating each other so to be fair yeah, this I is mean, a good one to share with anybody yeah share with your enemies put the them ops. on notice share with your friends your family <laughs> tell everyone mm. this episode is really a knock if you buck episode I don't, I don't know what that means it's like mm, you don't have to explain it okay <laughs> I grew up in the South. What can I say? Yesterday, I was reminiscing on a picture. Um, it just came to my head for some reason because I saw Honorable Emi Baja Amila recently. Honorable Baj, as we like to call him. Yeah. Baja, yes. Yeah. And I saw him recently and I remembered this picture and I was like, was that Baja sitting on a fence? Do you, remember, do you know what I'm talking about? You mean like... As a figure of speech. Oh no no no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when House of Reps members were climbing the gates. Oh, the literal fence. The literal fence. <laughs> I was like, wait, I feel like that was Badger, and so I went. <laughs> to, went to dig. I went to dig. Honestly, this is what I often do. I did, and I found the picture. And <laughs> can we make that the picture for this episode? Um, we can, but honestly, I want to know the other guy because he looks like Israel from DMV. <laughs> <laughs> but he's definitely a House of Reps member and his white brother and his bum bum is sticking in the air. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to we're climb we're over. De- <laughs> we're definitely making that the picture for this episode. And if you, when, when you see it on social media, if you know who it is, could you please just please. comment and let you us know. You know what? There's two, we're going to do a collage because there's another re- House of Reps member and one blue brother and it is, it's, it's like he could not make it over the fence they were trying to push his leg <laughs> baba hey, teamwork <laughs> making silence work yes so i'm thinking you know what let's let's think about things that have happened in parliament you know let's think about some rags those are big men no? ah they say open the gate police said no <laughs> we had some thoughts are trying to come in today in all fairness they were fighting for our democracy as i i guess i guess whatever that means yeah mm-hmm. and which led me to political beef in history let's go today's facts number one chief lamidi ariyibi akonji adedibu an aristocratic power broker in oyo state and the ekaron olubado of ibado land okay I know I've gone to your area, isn't it? I, I chose this just because Yoni Badogoe. The Kushos. He was called the King Maker and the Godfather. He once got Laduja, Chief Laduja, who was the governor of Oyo State at the time, to resign from his post as governor by inviting him to eat Amala and handing him his resignation letter. Okay. So that's 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 one of your facts. Yes, that's okay. fact number one. Okay, what's fact number two? Fact number two. 
Charles Sumner, an anti-slavery and abolitionist Republican from Massachusetts, was nearly caned to death on the Senate floor by Preston Brooks, a pro-slavery Democrat from South Carolina, because of a, an abolitionist speech that he gave for two days. He stood up and gave a speech for two days saying he should ban slavery. And uh, a pro-slavery guy from South Carolina took his cane and beat him over the head with it, nearly to his death. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And fact number three. Sorry, just the, the pro-slavery guy caned him. Yeah, pro, so a pro-slavery guy caned the yeah, anti-slavery the guy. Yes, yes. On the Senate floor um, of the United States of America. And no one intervened. And this led to the Civil War. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's fact number two. Okay. Does not involve a physical racking, unfortunately, for us. How is that? Yeah, I mean... Mm. This one is Lyndon B. Johnson and Robert F. Kennedy. Uh, John F. Kennedy's younger brother and one-time Attorney General of the United States of America. Lyndon B. Johnson was originally the Vice President to JFK, but after his assassination, he became President. And the fact is, Lyndon B. Johnson hated Robert F. Kennedy because Kennedy was seen as a refined ladies' man. Mm. And Lyndon B. Johnson was seen as a brute. And um, he had a secret battle um, about whose sexual prowess <laughs> was more significant than the other. So these men didn't like each other, and part yeah. of it was uh, because. It was how, how they believed they were perceived. It was a dick swinging contest. <laughs> how did Kennedy feel about him? No one knows. Uh. As in Robert F. Kennedy or J.F. Kennedy? No, Robert. Oh, they, Robert did not like him. Robert is like the patriarch, right? He's the... Mm-mm. So Robert oh, F. Kennedy is the, is the younger brother oh, of okay. He's John the one that got Kennedy. assassinated in the kitchen. In the hotel, yeah. 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 Yes, okay. yes. Okay. So uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. So the president and the attorney general of America did not like each other because they wanted to see who could bang the most women. Yikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been there, right, fellas? Um. No, we haven't. <laughs> I've never been in any beefs. Really? Beef. Okay. So <laughs> le- oh, you've never been in any beefs? Any beefs? Beef? Grudges? Beefs? Oh yeah, you can't. Can you? Pl- beef? You can't. Yeah, you can't pluralize beefs. So I've never been in any. In Nigerian, beef. you jumped out because Gr- Nigerians love adding s stuffs to so words that don't need an s. Beards. It, it is a sale, not a sales. <laughs> a beard is not a beard. Stuffs. It is a stuff, not a stuffs. It's not a stuff, it's stuff. Do you know some one one stuff? Oh gosh, I'm it's it's happening to you too. It's, I'm so upset. I hear that it's it's something that actually drives me nuts. Anyways, you know I don't what? Mind too much. Let's 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 hit let's let's go back to I the think, facts. Sorry, just as, as a you know history podcast. I think it's very important for Nigerians <laughs> to brutalize the Queen's English as, <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> it's your right. You speak Angu. two languages. You know just what? Do your thing. It's because I'm here blowing funet <laughs> that I, I, I'm I'm judging people. You know what? Have fun. Have fun with the language. Bastardize it. Yeah, it's not yours. Go forth and prosper. Yeah, yeah. Just do your thing. <laughs> okay. Now, Tim which one do you think is is true? Were they caning each other on the Senate floor in America? Mm-hmm. Did somebody give somebody Amala to eat belly full mm. before forcing him to resign? Or did Lyndon B. Johnson have a dick swinging contest 
with RFK, who bagged Marilyn Monroe right after his big brother did, didn't he? Well, I think, honestly, if if I had to guess, yes. which I am, yes, I would say that someone was probably caned on the Senate floor, but I don't think it led to the Civil War. Okay. Maybe it did. I don't know. That's that's. I want to put. That, I'm going to pick that as the dirty lie. Right off the bat. I love how you don't like thinking about things too much. Yeah, I don't like You're that. just like, let's go. Okay. You're wrong. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You, you know live what? and you learn. Yes. <laughs> So, which one should I hit you with first? Um, the just yeah, give me let's do the lie first. Okay. So, um, Lamedi Adedibu is considered a the Yoruba godfather and oil kingmaker, as he's known, and his battle with Ladoja, who he had installed as governor. This happened in 2006. So I'm going to take you back to your hometown. I'm going to take you to the Oyo State House of Assembly. That's cool. It's 2006 and the Speaker of the Oyo State House of Assembly, Abraham Adeleke, walks in. And he finds his deputy, Taiwo Oluyemi, sitting on his chair and holding his gravel. And he's just like, one man I always thought is, would you stand up? And Taiwo is pretending he can't hear him. They start fighting over the chair and the table. It's like, would you stand over me? I'm the speaker. In the background, the kingmaker um, and the governor had been fighting, right? So uh, this is not a surprise to either of them. They are, they already know which camps they belong in. Mm. The speaker is on the governor's side. The Ladu German. The deputy speaker is on the kingmaker's side. He's on a Adela German. Sorry, he is an Adedipu man. So, uh, the members of the Oyo State House of Assembly start coming in and they start like lining up on which side they are in. The deputy speaker has more people behind him. There's 18 people behind him. The speaker has only 14 people behind him. By the time the last person chooses his side, you know, he goes to the speaker's side, he joins the first 13 he's the 14th person after they now line up they face off they start beating each other they start throwing chairs at each other it becomes a real melee and um the deputy speaker is like i'm in the majority i'm in the majority and adeleke is like get off my chair like what are you talking about dirty majority so the kingmaker's uh, people the deputy speaker and his people load all they all just leave load into a convoy and they drive off mm. now you're wondering where are they going <laughs> they drive off to Derovan's hotel go to a hall the Ozemiri hall inside this hotel and declare that the hall of the hotel is the new chamber of the Oyo State Legislature mm. uh, Legislature sorry mm. and they now decide okay we are impeaching um so first of all they replace the speaker um abraham adeleke and they name the deputy as new speaker and then they proceed to impeach the governor ladoja as they are doing this in the actual uh oil state house of assembly adeleke and the 14 left behind are instituting their own uh session where they impeach the deputy 
uh, speaker and put a new deputy speaker. So now you have two state legislatures. One based in Dirovas Hotel. The other one based in the actual parliamentary building. So... of a back, uh, background on Adedibu. If you think, you know, that a certain kingmaker that you know now is the first kingmaker, it's not the first. <laughs> not the first Yoruba kingmaker, no. Yoruba kingmaking goes back hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, even in recent history, because this is 2006 in politics, I think uh, Adedibu had chosen Ladoja as governor. He had picked the deputy governor. He had picked the two senators from all your states he had picked most of the 32 members of the house of assembly and he had picked all 351 councillors of the states at this point Adiribu was not satisfied because as he's choosing the governor he expects that the governor will come when he's choosing his council mm. but Ladoja felt yeah, I'm governor now at least let me pick my council members let me you know have some say in how I run the affairs of my house Adedibu was like uh uh oh god I've gotten too big for your shoes you cannot bite the hand that feeds you and you know the perfect song to put here what you've gotten too big for your boots no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that I don't want to end uh, it <laughs> So actually they'll enjoy it so I'll put it I feel there. like they will enjoy it so and it, you know like everybody knows who the kingmaker is so people were submitting their CVs directly to Adedibu and then on radio Adedibu we hear that Latoja has chosen XYZ to be XYZ and he was very upset and he was like you know what this guy this boy has got to go and it's not just the positions thing there's also a finance aspect to this so let me read what Adedibu says let me read what Adedibu says this is in Onige Gerura's book on echoes across the Niger historical tales of contemporary events in Nigeria okay according to Adedibu Ladoja was too greedy he was collecting 65 million naira a security vote every month. You know that governors don't account for security votes. He was to give me 15 million naira of that every month and he reneged. Later, it was reduced to 10 million naira. Yet, he did not give me. That is why I disowned him. I mean, as far as fair reasons for disowning someone come, that is one of the... Um Least fair. What the hell is happening here? <laughs> what is going on in this country? <laughs> what? He was like, governors don't account for that money, so therefore, that's the money you should be giving me monthly salary, monthly salary. Oh, we're in trouble. Have been in trouble. Are still in this trouble. This was in two thousand and what? Six. Trouble is now still loading. God. Imagine just being like, uh. For me, I'm just how much power and money. Like he's literally saying Ladoja is too greedy. 
like you've have you had one second to look in the mirror so yes that is part of the year genesis of the beef between the governor and his godfather me like i'm sorry i'm just going to take a second to think about this 65 millionaire for security like i i just like for me you, you wonder like oh why i think so badly it's because people literally believe that they deserve a salary instead instead of the money like instead of the money going for what it's supposed to go for somebody has earmarked it for themselves mm-hmm. and like they feel entitled like he's entitled he feels entitled to this money that is for the people of oyo that the governor of your oyo is not giving him a specific amount every month and it's not that he's not giving not that he's giving him zero he's not giving him that specific amount yes the king making is hard work i imagine <laughs> anyways this goes to the courts because the adedibu people publish in the tribune on december 14th saying they have impeached the governor they have removed xyz um then the larger people publish on december 15th saying please ignore those people they're chilling in a hotel and pretending <laughs> that that's a session of the legislature <laughs> a week later december 22nd they all mash up back in parliament to then try and like run a session of parliament at the actual oyo state legislature um, meeting they start fighting there are gunshots there's smoke going up in the air there's old women and children running about saying inshallah i must not die in jesus name they will not get me they have charms littered on the floor it's apparently a 450 million naira worth of damage left in that building they go on to have a very interesting legal back by the way the the attorney general of oil states was arguing against the uh, governor and the rule of law he was on the kingmaker's side <laughs> i just want this to be clear yeah um they end up making uh alao alakija the who was deputy governor the governor while uh, this case is going on ladoja loses the first two battles but he wins the war and he's reinstated as governor do you know how awkward it is like to come back after you beat everybody including the uh, kingmaker Isha won at the the court said Senator Ladoja remains the legally, constitutionally and democratically elected governor of Oyo State. That was what the Supreme Court held and that um, he was illegally removed by the Adedibu legislators and that they had contravened section 188 of the constitution on at least six different occasions while frolicking in that Derovan's hotel and doing whatever they were doing. <laughs> um, do you know something that's really interesting though? Alao Alakija, who replaces him. Hey, I've been saying Alao Alakija. Alao Alaka. I've got it wrong again. Take your time, just breathe. <laughs> Alao Akala, who was deputy governor under Ladoja, is governor for a couple of months and then removed back to deputy governor and then becomes governor again under a pdp's ticket after laduja finishes off his term however cool fact he was a polygot he spoke yoruba english hausa tiv fanti and dagbani fluently which is like Ghanaian languages he spoke like seven i don't know how many languages. i like, I like that none of them were like in english none of them are european 
Yeah, I find that really awesome. Three Ghanaian languages and two Nigerian languages. I, I, I think it's pretty really interesting because it reminds me of like like here we call it being a polygon, but like it's so common in South Africa. Mm, like it's their way of yeah. Life. Most kids like speak like four, three oh, languages there yeah, yeah. on average, and I'm just like, how? <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. So yeah, that is this story. But let me tell you where I got the lie from. Go on then. Oh, OBJ. Whoa. <laughs> who did who's, who did OBJ give you a letter? Um. About Sandra pulled up at I'll do Ogbe's house one night, asked his wife for pounded yam, pulled up with his whole entourage with his D- DSP, whatever, with police, the police, the OBJ boys, pulled up, he said, I want, I would like some Ian soup. First of all, I really hope that they did not use Omorugun to pound that pounded yam. I really hope he was the one that they used to use flour to make because as he was chowing this pounded yam, he handed out to Ogbe letter. According to you know, I can just <laughs> picture it so clearly in my mind's eye. I just see it. According to Audio Bay, as I was reading, I saw it was my resignation letter as, <laughs> <laughs> as, as the PDP chairman written by Ospas Onjo himself. A drop of water fell from my eyes. <laughs> Sorry. I have to get through this quote. No, please. Um <laughs> As I looked up, the security guards moved closer. I requested to go inside and get a pen. Obasanjo instantly brought out a pen from his pocket. Oh no! This is a pen. Sign it immediately. Not the not the predetermined pen. It's a premeditated <laughs> pen. Not the premeditated pen. Post poundo. Like oh. Obasanjo was going to sleep well that night. Oh, no. <laughs> also, <laughs> thirty minutes later, Obasanjo comes back in. Uwe says, I thought at that point that they were going to kill me because I've signed this letter. So what are they coming back for? And then, so Obasanjo told him to come outside and he brought out the letter and said, um, Bobo, you didn't put a date there. We are right to date this below your signature. <laughs> 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 Does Obasanjo have a law degree or something? <laughs> Maybe he showed the letter and said, signed and dated, please, I got it. Not put it. <laughs> I feel bad. I'll do a great case that this was a very traumatic night for him and his family and his wife who had to <laughs> pound, pound their DM before he rendered your husband <laughs> So yeah, that's actually the truth behind the lie. Yeah. Let's go to Americans beating each other up. Um, I, was in, I was inspired to do the caning of Charles Sumner because of Amechi and Wiki's people fighting each other in River State House of Assembly. Fair. They broke jaws. They was <laughs> there's a video clip, which honestly, I think this is why we need to start doing videos. Because mm-hmm. there's a video clip of one house member taking the maze and knocking another one on the head. Oh my God. <laughs> and the guy just holds his head and walks away stunned like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's looking at himself like... One thing I do, I do respect about when Nigerians fight is... Like, I don't know why, but we never get too consumed. So, like, <laughs> what you, do you, see, mean? Like, you see two people fighting, and then one of them collects, like, a knock on the head. Yeah. And he just he just puts his hand on his head. He's just like, yeah. And he just walks away from the fight. <laughs> and the, the other person just lets him walk away. Like, yeah. Like, had, he doesn't follow enough. him. He's had oh, enough. <laughs> okay, good. Because you know what? Do you know who that did not do that? Who? Um, these Americans. <laughs> he the guy to no, an no, no. Eh? Americans don't have any sort of First filter. of all, nothing gets a racist going like a, a, somebody going against him 
based on slavery. Slavery. Yeah. So let's talk about this some night one. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> she said quick, quick, quick. <laughs> Honestly, like, do you know how do I feel about white history or oh, American history? Sometimes it's, you know, like, because this is around the time of the three fifths. Um, drop rule. It's not, people call it the drop rule. That's different. So the one drop rule. Oh, it's means, one drop rule. Yeah, but it's the three fifths um, compromise. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. It's May 22nd, 1856, and we are in the United States Senate chamber. For the last two days, Charles Sumner, an abolitionist senator from Massachusetts, has been giving a speech where he fires off at two people in particular, Andrew Butler and... uh, He's firing off basically because of what was called bleeding kansas which is where kansas is trying to go from becoming a territory to becoming a state yeah and because of something called the missouri compromise kansas would have to be because of where it's geographically located it would have to be a free state i.e no slavery allowed yeah but pro-slavery members and the southern democrats do not want another free state as part of the union. So they want Kansas to be a state that allows for slavery. Okay. So you have this period in Kansas where people are fighting, like they're shooting each other because you have a pro-slavery people move into Kansas from the south and you have anti-slavery people move into Kansas from the north and they literally start racking it out. So Sumner is speaking out against something called the Kansas nebraska act which was trying to like make a compromise to the missouri compromise like to try and make kansas a slave state and he's an abolitionist he's like this is rubbish one of my favorite quotes in this two-day speech (laughs) the senator from south carolina has read many books of chivalry and believes himself a chivalrous knight with sentiments of honor and courage so of course he has chosen a mistress to whom he has made his vows who, though ugly to others, is lovely to him, though polluted in the sight of the world, is chaste in his sight. I mean the harlot, slavery. Slavery. Mm -hmm. Now these southern men were angry. How can you call slavery a harlot? It's our baby. It's our love child. Don't talk about my wife like that. (laughs) Keep my wife's name at your... Damn. No, oh, really not, not, not. That was Will Smith. That was Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, you did not just do that. No, I did. I- so they were infuriated by Sumner's uh, speech. And they said that he was not a gentleman, that he was an animal. <laughs> Burke said, because he, if Sumner was a gentleman, I would have challenged him to a duel like you do. Because it's a gentlemanly thing to go outside and shoot each other. Of course, that's how mm-hmm. gentlemen are. But since he is a dog, I would treat him like the animal he is and cane him. So Charles Sumner is sitting down. He's still in the Senate. He's at his desk. His desk is bolted to the floor. This is important for the story. And Brooks, this coward racist ridiculous south carolinian i live in north carolina let me tell you something i'm sure i've met his children his children <laughs> his descendants that's that's the word i needed you know sometimes yeah, english or my just can't pull it out i understand <laughs> he's talking about the person who someone had this uh, actually challenged andrew butler who he had said loves a, a harlot he's actually related to brooks the guy who comes up to beat him 
So as Charles Sumner is sitting on the desk, he's actually franking copies of his speech because he knows he's going to send it around. And Brooks comes up behind him with a couple of his friends, racist thugs, and starts caning Sumner over the head and like beating him bloody. Like this is a what vicious. Him with? Do you just walk around with a cane? Or? Yeah, like a walking stick. They, oh, these right, so these they dudes canes. have canes. This is not the only caning in, in America in, in the household. Okay. It's just one of the more prolific canings. This one kind of helps lead to the civil war, yeah. Yeah. So, because it's it's noted as the breakdown in civil discourse that leads to the civil war, right. essentially. Okay. Like, it's like, if this We're not talking anymore. We're not talking anymore. We're yeah. racking. But he actually canes Sumner until he's unconscious. Like, he, it takes five years for him to fully recover. Like, he canes him within an inch of his life. He had to be carried out of the Senate floor. Um, yeah, it's like really horrific. So after this, they both become celebrities of sorts. People send him engraved and initialed like sticks from all over the South because he broke his cane on the dirty abolitionist. People start rallying around this and said, if a caning is required, let's cane them all. Whereas in the North and in his state, Sumner is being celebrated as an abolitionist. This situation polarizes the Senate and the House. Brooks is not expelled from the Senate, by the way. They could not get the two-thirds majority to expel him after nearly killing... Keening, yes. Someone, in yeah. a fellow senator. Like a senator. That's yeah. ridiculous. Because uh, Sumner's an abolitionist, it helps become like a rallying cry and it helps Republicans get their act together, which helps Abraham Lincoln become president. For just so... Um just so you know, Republicans, this was before the switch. So Republicans were the progressive ones then. Back in the day, and yes. Democrats were. But the Southern racists, yeah. segregationists, secessionists. Exactly. This is before you have the switch around uh, our guys uh, coming up, Lyndon B. Johnson. It's yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson, really, that yeah. helps uh, the, the switch sense, happen. Yeah. So, yes, this was the caning of Charles Sumner. And so the Republicans get their stuff, you know, together. Sumner becomes this rallying cry and Abraham Lincoln is elected without even being on the ballot in most or all southern states. So he wins the majority of the votes and the electoral college without winning one southern state, which shows just how divided America is before yeah. the Civil War, right? Yeah. So yeah, that is the caning of Charles Sumner. You should look into it. It's very interesting. And if you want to uh, if you want to compare it to other things, even apart from the River State uh, caning, mm. in Kaduna too, they took the mace and were caning each other. But this one, they just, they're just giving each other a small blue. You know, as rough as they are <laughs> Salsa boys. <laughs> and there's something about Southerners. Anywhere you go, there's yeah. something about Southerners. Southerners are always the, uh, you know. You know, let's go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> <this>. <laughs> ah, in reverse, the blood, eh? Um, anyways, let's go to our last tidbit for the day. Sorry, I just want to say that my favorite thing about all of this is that the cane that was used to beat Brooks yeah. within an inch of his life yeah. is on display at a museum in... Boston. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? Which is notoriously racist. And it's just like it's just a nice tidbit. So if you're if you're in Boston and you want to see you know see some racist American history, there's a king, the old state house in Boston. So you know, 
you know something that's very it's very boston it's very boston yeah it's one place that i i'm afraid like i i'm not afraid to go but yeah i've never been to boston yeah it's um you know how harlem was like the place in on the east coast for people from the south yeah black people from the south yeah boston is that for white people from the south that makes so much sense it's just like a nice little piece of racism that makes so much sense like shout out Mark Wahlberg (laughs) and go Celtics and shout out to Harvard um MIT <laughs> Good role hunting Guy Do you know another kidding That um, You know I said They like kidding each other In America There was this other guy William Stanbury <laughs> Do you know All these kidding incidents Is business slavery Like like So this one wasn't About black people So this was about The Indian Removal Act By Andrew Jackson Who is a notoriously Racist and horrible President in yeah. American's history so Stanbury was this guy who was just like seen as a very controversial like firebrand person and he was talking about Sam Houston who was one of Jackson's like guys you know see I went not the first to be corrupt right so Andrew Jackson was doing in the Yama Removal Act he's stealing lands from Native Americans yeah. and he is giving concessions to certain white people one of those white people was Sam Houston so Stanbury gets on the floor of the house and he is talking about Sam Houston and this uh, Indian Removal Act and just these p- corrupt people who are essentially profiting from the suffering of others and he did not have very polite things to say about them Sam Houston was not a member of the United States House, but he was in D.C. at the time. You know, he's one of these big guys. So he approaches Stanberry and he starts beating him with a hickory cane. How do these guys just have canes? This is 1832. Stanberry walked around with two pistols and a duck. Which is a dagger, like and a he long kept dagger. That, he kept that thing on him. <laughs> yeah, he was like, can't catch me slipping. And he was right. So he pulled out one of his pistols and shot at this guy right in the chest. But the pistol misfired. But yeah, that is another caning story. So let's go to Lyndon B. Johnson and... Robbie. Bobby, actually. Robbie is... It's Bobby. Bobby is the nickname for Robert. It's Bobby. Oh, it's Bobby. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby yeah, Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Robert Bobby Bobby Kennedy. By the way, like, because I'm a rebel history student, Bobby was my crush Kennedy, not JFK. Fair. Like, everyone thought, oh, JFK is so sexy, but Bobby Bobby did it for me. Bobby was assassinated for promising Iran jets if he was elected. No, for promising Israel jets if he was elected. Is that is that the reason? That's the assassin's reason. You know, the assassin was this Palestinian dude. I don't believe that story. Oh, I'm, that's what I'm he definitely says a conspiracy nut when it comes to the assassination of the Kennedys. Of all of them, right? I d- yeah, it just don't sound right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, because, you know, JFK was assassinated in Texas, which is Lyndon B. Johnson's hometown. True, true, true. That assassination story don't make no sense to me. But let's talk about this beef. First thing, <laughs> if you think you're here for a serious history podcast, I'm sorry because we're not serious people. The first thing you need to know about Lyndon B. Johnson is that he called his dick Jumbo. 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 Is it Jumbo? Is Jumbo? Must, must be Jumbo. The elephant? Dumbo. That's Dumbo. That's Dumbo. Jumbo is, he Jumbo called, is just big. means big. Okay. And he used to whip it out at any time. And swing it around. He literally, when I said they were having a dick swinging contest, 
Lyndon B. Johnson literally used to swing his dick around in the Oval Office. Like nunchucks. Um, he also used to like piss in public. Like he just whip it out and pee on the side of the road, like Nigerian. Like you know, yeah. The nickname that the Kennedys had for Lyndon B. Johnson was Rufus Corn Pone. Explain. Because he is like this rough brat. It's like you know Al Capone. Mm-hmm. So Rufus instead of Al, and instead of Capone, you have Corn Pone because he's from Texas. Like he's like a country boy. Yeah. So they thought he was like low classed and very crude. Mm-hmm. Like his behavior was disgusting to them. Yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson becomes JFK's VP because they have a very hard fought primary, right? Mm-hmm. And so they now have to like align in order to unite the party. Yeah. So these are not people who liked each other. It would ha- it would be as if Atikut chose wiki as his running mate in terms of the level of beef and the level the level of difference right in terms of one being someone from the northeast and the other one being this guy from texas who has seen so the kennedys are catholic they're wasps they're yeah they're a bit waspy they're yeah. a bit liberal you know shine shine bubble and rich kids and then you have lennon b johnson who's this big grud like burly texas boy you know good old texas boy a good old texas boy the first time they meet robert bobby let me just call him bobby the first time lbj meets bobby bobby is a lowly staffer for mccarthy you know mccarthy of mccarthyism yeah the red scare they didn't like communists yeah and mccarthy is like a family friend of senior kennedy right he dates two of the Kennedy sisters, which for me, I mean, that's just one too many. Why do you name multiple sisters? Um, yeah. And um, so Bobby gets hired on his team. And Lyndon Johnson knows about this new rich Kennedy kid who is on McCarthy's team. When they meet, he like forces Bobby to shake his hand. He knows that Bobby doesn't like him very much. They have a very weird power dynamic at this point because Lyndon B. Johnson is this very hugely popular senator. And Bobby's just a lowly staffer on McCarthy's team. At this point in time, Lyndon Johnson said that John F. Kennedy was not a man's man and he was a sickly senator because he had to have like back surgery and stuff. So he just thought them as pansies. This is someone who is whipping out his dick versus like this nerd lawyer (laughs) who's on like staffer on the McCarthy team. Lyndon Johnson is quoted as saying that he had more women on accident than Bobby and John did on purpose. Mm. He did not like them because of... It said he was jealous of their ladies' uh, man. Like, this this idea of them being playboys and ladies' men, especially yeah. uh, JFK. So, Lyndon Johnson used to call Bobby Kennedy that little runt. <laughs> yeah. And they used to call him Cornpone and I, Rufus. I think Cornpone is much better. I mean, it's not great. It's very unwieldy, but... Rufus corn porn sounds much you know better than that little round. Plus, you probably couldn't tell who they were talking about if you walked by them. I don't know. Like, I I think it was very obvious, and they did not respect him. And so, you know, their power dynamic switches, right? Mm-hmm. Because Bobby becomes the attorney general and the president's brother, and the Kennedys are hugely popular. And Lyndon Johnson goes from being this big shot guy in the Senate to this VP who's kind of like a lame, yeah. like, like just like a lame. He can't really do anything. They, he's he feels very uncomfortable about around intellectuals. Yeah, 
because he is there due to his political savvy and his just pure thuggery so their power dynamic kind of shifts and bobby's out here macking um marilyn monroe hollywood starlets yeah and he's here with his uh dick in his hand <laughs> macking on on secretaries though who were called his harem by the way so let me let me oh give God. you i need to give you a quote by the way i think he was a bit lbj might have been a bit rapey but we'll a get bit. there mm. a bit okay so Lyndon's press secretary george reedy said mm. he may have been a country boy from the central hills of texas but he had the instinct of a Turkish sultan in Istanbul. I don't know what that really lends to. He's talking point. about Johnson's harem. Right. At one point in time, it said that he had eight. He had at least eight gorgeous young secretaries, and he was sleeping with all but three of them. Like you know this thing where he says he's had more women on accident than uh, Kennedy has had on purpose yeah he like shouted it out like he was pounding his dicks and was shouting it out and this happened at the democratic convention he says jack has probably got himself half a dozen starlets while i'm working my ass off he's playing tiddlywinks wow (laughs) and apparently unlike kennedy he found deep meaning in relationships which were often trivial and believed that any man-woman relationship created an enduring bond so he was really like a country boy who had this idea that anyone he max on they've bonded yeah. um but bro this is why i say Lyndon is a bit rapey at, at one point in time it said that a female aide had stayed over at the johnson ranch in texas and that he would pressure guests especially female ones to stay overnight so she'd been pressured to stay overnight and apparently she woke up to lyndon johnson in her room saying move over this is your president whoa yeah who does that remind you of um what's his first name president who president banana i can't remember his first name but why remember that where his name is president banana Theophilus banana oh yeah i think it's i might be president banana was in Balboa. he was like this is the final court of appeal this is what this reminds me of very creepy very creepy executive order very creepy canon banana canon banana can't remember the gospel according to canon banana that's what actually an episode that was. <laughs> we need to have like a live if you have a live show, we need to do like quiz like fans on, mm. like, you know. <laughs> Who said this? Who said I'm the final court of appeal? And what's, who said move over I'm your president? What's the what's his first name? All of that. Yeah. So that is uh, the beef between Linda B. Johnson and Robert F. Kennedy. Also, um in many ways, like Johnson was seen as the antithesis of JFK and the Kennedys. He was ungainly rather than handsome, provincial rather than cosmopolitan, shrewd rather than sophisticated, and emotional rather than detached. This is according to historian Ronald Steele. Yeah. So RFK's, Bobby's dislike of Johnson really, really intensified after jfk was killed because he felt like he was now not only this burly unlikable character 
but he was now felt like he was using his dead brother's image and work and taking the credit for himself yeah is it weird i don't think the um, kennedys are very good looking I think um, JFK Jr. was gorgeous, but besides him, I, I always felt like the rest of them just. What like picture are you looking at, please? I, I need to. What are you talking about? I don't. I Have you don't seen? To, but, oh, oh my gosh! There is this documentary. None of them look better than JFK Jr. Okay. Yes. He actually looked like a movie star. Yes. The rest of them, you just look like feet. Wow. Anyway, that's my that's my political wow, stance. Wow, that is your hot take for the day. That's my hot take for the day. Really. Kennedys look like feet. Is there any Nigerian politician that you're like, mm, that's a good one? Um, mm, yeah, Governor of State. Max. Yeah. Uh, Max. Yeah. Oh, Max. Oh, fine boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Have you heard that there's, there's a new cutie trying to be governor of Lagos State? Uh, this is the guy that's going with Jennifer. Have you seen what that dude looks like, babe? Oh, babe. I babe. I Ooh. said... What's his name? GRV. He's trying to be governor. Uh, Labour Party. GR... Rhodes Vivil. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he, I've seen a, a couple of smoldering pictures. I've seen some, yeah. I've seen some tweets. I've seen some tweets where girls are like, okay. Yeah. Why is this, okay. Someone was like, why is he looking at the, in the camera like that? I was like, okay, <laughs> relax. <laughs> it's a picture. Okay, I think Bobby Kennedy is sexy because of who he was. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. But that's, not what he looks like. So let's, let's, we can agree to that. Feet is rude, though. Feet is accurate, I it's would say. It's rude. What are you... I'm looking at his, like, just to me. Look at this man. Okay, like, he did not have a nice smile, but I'm thinking... Okay, <laughs> no. You know what I'm thinking? What? If they had not killed him... Mm. He would have been so sexy <laughs> as like a salt and pepper guy, you know? When that white and green, you know when the gray hits? I guess, I guess. Tim Tayo, you're not being fair. Look at this sexy man. Look at him when he's thinking hard. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been an episode of... Two Truths and a Dirty Lie. And we'll see you on the next one. Oh, 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 wait. I actually have to add something. But we can just slot Everyone, it in. Des has to add something. Listen. No, you know what? Listen up. Oh. Listen up close. Do not. I, I'm even putting this in the middle. Oh, okay. Right. I was going to say, like, you know why the caning of Charles Sumner was so bad? Why? Because he was alluding to sex, as in relating slavery, talking about black women. So they were alluding to white southern and white southern men raping black women yeah, like it was like a, it was a trope that um abolitionists used often which is not just and a trope it's, it's true a thing that it's a often. thing that yeah. happened often and so they felt highly insulted by these by this idea it's that like these accusations these accusations oh my god you're saying we're raping black women what's the proof all the yeah. mixed race kids running around <laughs> south carolina um also i mean i just think it's very indicative of like the kind of people that were in senate at that time because the idea that the next time he walked in there no one gave him the thrashing of his life which one like the southern this the, yeah. so do you know that he was like i told you they couldn't even get the two-thirds right to yeah. get rid of him yeah. he paid a 300 dollar fine he resigns and when he resigns like an overwhelming majority of South Carolina yeah, people in South Carolina vote him right back. No, no that's fine. But I'm saying like them. you're saying like oh the actual yeah. So have, they so beaten the they should have. Yeah. So somebody actually challenged him to a duel. One yeah. of Sumner's uh, <laughs> one of Sumner's guys were like oh so he said yeah. let's handle it like gentlemen. Come and let's Duel. let's go. Wasn't the guy a crack shot? 
Uh, yeah, the guy was a crack <laughs> shot. He was like, mm, <laughs> I'm not trying to do with the Michael Jordan of shooting. <laughs> go back, find me, want to kill me dead. Which is, so he refused to go for this duel. And everyone was like, you're just a pants and a bully. Yeah. But. Mm, whooped his butt. Do you know who would have whooped his butt? Who? Dino. No, Dino. Dino would have. Dino would like, nah, Dino would have. I love Dino's. I, as an entertainer yeah i don't i don't love anything i don't know but you know what i've heard from someone i i've heard that dino actually as a does good for his district not just that but i've actually heard that he's a proper legislator like when it comes to actually like writing bills and submitting things like he's the reason why you hear his name a lot is because he's that active in Mm. not just the politicking part but actually being a legislator which i didn't i mean i don't know anything I about his work so i'm not i, I I'm know not, about his uh, music yeah. career i know about his antics i know about his antics i know about his car collection his I in-house know. car collection i love that he went up against yahaya Pelu. have you seen that yeah, video it's amazing have you seen the second one where he's in 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 the sweater it no. one looks like a hotel in london no it's do you know i just wonder the person he hands his phone to all the time like who what does that person think of their recording is it his child is it his pa Here like, go again. <laughs> like this this guy he's like yeah stand there stand there get this my angle get this get this angle <laughs> yeah yeah oh, oh. <laughs> have a lovely week everyone see you guys later see you bye, bye.